When Congress passed the CARES Act in March, it provided a lifeline for millions of unemployed Americans. It made benefits more generous and extended them to more people. But in the rush to set up the new program, many states made mistakes. Some we already know. Websites crashing, phone lines jammed, delays in sending out the checks. Now, new mistakes are coming to light. States are telling thousands of people that they got more money than they should have. And they need to pay it back. It's left a lot of people in a very difficult position. They're already low on cash. They don't have enough money to pay their basics. Some people are even being evicted from their homes. And they're getting these notices telling them they owe hundreds of dollars, sometimes thousands of dollars, and they have no way to pay it back. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Wednesday, October 14th. Coming up on the show, how states overpaid pandemic assistance and why they're now demanding that money back. What does it mean to be rich? Maybe it's less about reaching a magic number and more about discovering the magic in life. At Edward Jones, our dedicated financial advisors are the people you can count on for financial strategies that help support a life you love. Because the key to being rich is knowing what counts. Learn more about our comprehensive approach to planning at edwardjones.com slash findyourrich. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Our colleague Lauren Weber covered the unemployment program that Congress set up in the spring. And a few weeks ago, she got a tip from one of her sources. I did a short article a few months ago about unemployment benefits, and I was speaking to an expert on the unemployment system, and she mentioned to me, you know, we're hearing about cases where people were overpaid, and now they're getting these notices saying that they owe thousands of dollars. And I said, wow. Lauren wanted to know more. So she started looking into it. And her search led her to a woman named Autumn Stahl. I live in Littleton, Colorado, and I own a maternity and kids consignment store in Golden, Colorado. This is my 10th year. So if I can make it through 2020, I can make it through anything. How did you become a small business owner? Another friend owns a women's consignment store in Golden, and she just said something one day, well, why don't you open a kids consignment store here? A couple days later, the name came to me, Bumps and Bundles. I asked my mom for a loan to open, and that was in March. In October, I was open. You got the name, and then you were like, I'm off to the races. Off to the races. Autumn loves running her own store and helping pregnant women and new moms. When a woman comes in feeling just fat and, you know, frumpy, and you can't find anything that fits, you feel good in or... You never think you're going to look cute or your husband's going to look at your butt again. Because <laughs> so you find a pair of jeans and I can hear it in the dressing room. She's like, oh, my God, loves her body again, loves her pregnant body and feels good going out the door. Now, that's what keeps me going. Over the years, the store made enough money to keep going. But Autumn didn't have much cushion set aside in March when Colorado issued a pandemic lockdown order and she had to temporarily close her store. You go through all sorts of emotions. I mean, 
Fear, I think, was probably the first one. I mean, I have grandkids. I have high-risk people in my family. So, of course, that was on my mind. And your life's work, what you're built over 10 years. And at that point, my husband's job wasn't even for certain. He was able to keep working, but a lot of fear. Like a lot of small business owners, Autumn negotiated with her landlord, tried curbside pickup, and encouraged people to buy gift cards. But that wasn't enough. So Autumn started applying for government assistance. The PPP loan and the SBA loan, and then the unemployment ultimately was the last option. So you're scrambling. Of course, I applied for everything. Millions of people, just like Autumn, were applying for unemployment benefits. And Lauren covered that scramble. At one point, we were up at 30 million unemployment claims. And the states just were not set up to handle this. So, you know, of course, everybody's probably seen the stories about people waiting weeks. Millions of Americans have been desperately trying to file for unemployment, but they haven't been able to. People unable to reach somebody on the phone in order to answer questions. People are complaining endless hold times when they call. People trying to get through, you know, the systems to fill out the forms online and the systems crashing. Many state websites crashing because of overwhelming demand. There were so many problems early on. Because of those issues, Autumn stayed up late the night she applied for unemployment benefits. So I was up at midnight to apply because everybody said, oh, the systems are going to run down, everything's crashing, you know, so I wanted to make sure. They asked me to submit my Schedule C front page of my 1099 document. It's line 31 on my Schedule C, and it shows my personal income tax. So on my Autumn tried to do everything by the book. She even called her CPA to double-check her application. I mean, the system was already so messed up, I wanted to make sure I got it correct the first time. So I did, and she told me exactly what to submit, and I did. About a week later, Autumn heard back from the unemployment office. She'd been approved for the maximum benefit of $618 a week. On top of that, she would also get $600 a week in federal pandemic aid. And do you remember how you felt when you knew you were approved? Oh, thank God. (laughs) You know, thank God. While I would have rather been working and all that, it was enough to pay the bill so I could pay my rent. My rent alone is $2,000. Wow. Yeah. I could pay my insurance on the building. I could pay my utilities. I could pay my vendors. I could, you know, I mean, right. that was enough. Was the 618 more than you were expecting? No, because if I would have been a server or a retail employee, I would have been like, wow, that's a lot because that is more than my paycheck normally is. Then I would have felt like that. However, it was one half of what my business generated. So I didn't question it. I thought, okay, that I can make that work, is what I said. I can make that work. It was enough to keep my store from folding. The unemployment benefits gave Autumn the money she needed to save her business. By the end of the summer, she was gearing up to reopen. That's when she got a worrying message from a friend who was also getting unemployment. She sent me a message. She said, oh my God. Unemployment saying I owe them seven thousand something dollars. I said, You're kidding me. So I said, Well, my stuff is always coming a couple days after yours. So let's wait and see. And sure enough, two days later, when I logged on and actually saw what the letters contained, is when I was like, You know, what the. Yeah, what the word you can't say on the radio is. Yeah, exactly. Like her friend. 
Autumn got a notice saying the state had made a mistake and overpaid her benefits. She had to pay back nearly $9,000. And going forward, her benefits would be adjusted down to $223 from $618. This was a blow for Autumn. Even though her shop had reopened, sales were still way down. It's just your head spins, you know? I mean, right. it didn't make any sense. So I called the unemployment office because I was pissed and scared. And that's your feeling. You're just shock and panic. The unemployment office told Autumn that they'd made an administrative error with her account. And even though it was their mistake, she had to return the money. So what does it mean for you to have to repay $9,000? How will you do that? I don't know. Because I'm still barely, barely paying my store's rent. I had talked to myself, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. And I am doing it. But not with this $9,000 bill in place, I'm not going to. Who do you think should be held accountable for this mistake? The state. I mean, the state. At this point, I just think that we did nothing wrong but keep our businesses open. I think that they should write this off. (laughs) We did what they asked, and it's not fair. Coming up after the break, how these mistakes happened and who should be held accountable. This episode is brought to you by C3 AI. C3 Generative AI enables rapid access to secure, traceable, hallucination-free insights from enterprise systems, all while using any LLM, helping enterprises turn the invisible into the obvious. Learn more at c3.ai. Early in the pandemic, the number of people applying for unemployment was unprecedented. States and their systems were overwhelmed. They were not only dealing with a surge in the number of requests, they also had to process applications from new categories of workers, workers who previously weren't eligible for unemployment. That included freelancers, gig workers, people who were self-employed and had small businesses. There were so many people who were able to access unemployment who wouldn't have been in normal times. However, this was an unexpected, unanticipated burden for the unemployment systems. That was a huge, huge challenge. Normally, unemployment benefits are pretty straightforward. Once you've applied, the state would verify your income with your old employer and then calculate how much your weekly check should be. But states couldn't do that with these new types of workers. Their income just doesn't fit that mold at all. So, you know, somebody who's a freelance graphic designer might have six different clients. They might get a tax form from each of those different clients. That complicated the process. And what happened in some cases was states miscalculated the income of self-employed people. You know, it's much harder to verify that income. It was kind of a perfect storm of circumstances that would lead to mistakes being made. And because of those mistakes, States sent out thousands of checks that were bigger than they should have been. And in some cases, it had been going on for months. Lauren says this kind of mistake is what happened to Autumn. She filled out her forms correctly. But Colorado combined her store's gross income and her personal income to calculate her benefits. 
she sent me the forms that she had received back from the state showing what her weekly benefit would be. What appears to have happened is they added up the business income and the personal income. And so she ended up getting the maximum weekly benefit. This wasn't just one clerical error in an overworked office. Lauren says this happened to tens of thousands of people in multiple states. One of the states that I wrote about in the story, Ohio, they sent me their data. And what they told me is that 108,000 people had been overpaid through this pandemic unemployment assistance program. That was about 20 percent of the people who had received benefits under that program, which is a huge percentage. Have states started trying to recoup that money? And how are they going about it? They have started trying to recoup the money. If, you know, the next time you file your federal taxes, you're owed a refund, they can claim that. They can potentially garnish your future wages when you do get a job or get reemployed. They can also file a legal judgment against you, which in the end can hurt your credit score. In most cases, what I'm seeing is they use what's called an offset. What states can do in that situation is they can take half of that unemployment check and use it to repay your debt or what they consider to be your debt. There is a chance that relief could come. Lawmakers in Washington are negotiating another pandemic relief package. And there's a line in that bill that would give all states the authority to waive repayments. But some states aren't waiting. In recent days, Colorado notified more than 9,000 people that they didn't have to repay the money. One of those people was Autumn. It was just huge relief. I mean, I don't know if you can hear my voice today, but (laughs) I'm a whole new person. Really? So, yeah, it's big relief, big, big relief. You know, when you wake up in the morning, you like kind of do a brain scan of like, what's your day's going to look like? That would always just be like a brick wall. And it's gone. And when you woke up this morning, how did you feel? I felt great. I mean, (laughs) you know, I mean, it's just one less thing you just have to worry about through this whole thing. Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty elated and I feel much lighter. I feel like I'm exhaling now when I breathe, not just inhaling. Now, Autumn can entirely focus on her business. How is your business doing now? It's doing okay. I mean, I'm hopeful. I'm getting a lot of maternity. Like I said, with the lockdown there, I knew there was going to be a baby boom. I mean, and I've got, you know, I've I've been there a long time. I have a really good reputation and I love what I do. So I'm hopeful. Have you seen a baby bump from the shutdown? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's like when the TV's broken. You you see more women coming in. With December due date? Oh, for sure. Even with a baby boom. Autumn is anxious about the future. I still am, like, you know, still apprehensive just because of the whole pandemic. I mean, just if I can stay open, I'll be fine. You just have to let me work, you know? I mean, we're not 100% there yet, but I I do believe we'll get there as long as they don't shut us down again. And can your store survive another shutdown? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No. And it would put great strain on my personal home, you know? How so? I mean, what am I going to—I'm 54 years old. What am I going to go do? (laughs) While there's been some resolution for people in Colorado like Autumn, Lauren says there are thousands of people in other states who are still being told to repay. States and the federal government really wanted to get relief to people who needed it most. 
They set up these programs intended to help millions and millions of people, and without question, they helped millions and millions of people. But in the process, there was a lot of sloppiness. I can understand why these mistakes were made. They may have been understandable, they may have been predictable, you know, looking back at least, but who should be held accountable for them? The people I talked to are very angry at the states. You know, their feeling was, I submitted my information, I followed the rules. Why am I being asked to suffer for mistakes that weren't even mine? That's all for today, Wednesday, October 14th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like our show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.